0: BLOB TALK RADIO Good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. It's the fourth day of February, 2018. It's 9 9 a.m. on the East Coast of the United States. and We are broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. Before we take our text today, let us go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done in our lives. We thank you for the hope that lies in your word. You said, Lord, that hope is an anchor of the soul. And our hope today is totally in you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, you said upon this rock, you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against that which you have purchased with your own blood. Let us forever lift you up, that all men might be drawn unto you. Let your anointing be in this broadcast today, because we know Without your anointing, then nothing can happen because your anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. We bless your name. We praise your name. And Lord, we just ask you today to go forth in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Our text today will be taken from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. going to talk today about God's intervention in the affairs of men, God's intervention in the affairs of men. There there are those that think that God just created everything and it's just left it to happen chance or to uh, uh, whatever might happen, that, that, that God's not really involved in the affairs of men. But I beg to differ. The scripture says that from the beginning that God was involved with his prized creation. We know that man had fallen, but we know that from the very beginning in the book of Genesis we see the plan of redemption where Jesus Christ was crucified from the foundation of this world. We're going to give you an example today out of Daniel chapter 3 of God intervening, interceding in the affairs of men, those whose heart is turned towards him who loves the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. This is the full duty of man, the Bible declares. Ecclesiastics, I believe. And we have the scene set here in Daniel chapter 2. We Daniel interpreted the great dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. We must remember that Nebuchadnezzar was a proud man. We... We'll see later on in Daniel where he paid for his pride. The Bible declares that pride is a problem. That pride comes before a fall and a haughty, a uh, and destruction comes before a haughty spirit. Psalmist David said, Come before God with a broken and a contrite spirit, for this is the spirit by which God will receive us. Only a broken and a contrite. He can never receive pride, because pride is exalted against God. Uh, I believe it's, uh, if not the original sin, it's real close. Okay. So we have three guys involved here, three of the young Hebrew boys who, because of their faith, even in a foreign land, <clears throat> pardon me, God had elevated them. We see this in the life of Joseph. We see this many times that although God's people go through things, that God elevates them at a time and a season for his Purpose. The Bible says, humble yourself before God, and in due time you shall be exalted. So we have these three Hebrew boys. Daniel was not in this. And of course, it's the story of the fiery furnace. We have Hananiah, who is Shadrach, Meshiel, which is Meshach, and Azariah, which is Abednego. Now, they changed their Hebrew names to Babylonian names, of course, which denoted some some uh, foreign god or some no god, uh, the gods of Babylon, the gods of Nebuchadnezzar. Now we see this Babylon. We know that Babylon originally was formed in the plains of Shinar under the leadership and the guidance of of, uh, who I believe, and I think many believe also, was the first Antichrist, which was uh, Nimrod, who went to circumvent Try to circumvent the ways of God, and we know that God intervened there. God always intervened. We see in the Garden of Eden where He intervened when Adam and Eve come out with the fig leaves, and He stripped the fig leaves away, and He intervened in their lives and shed blood and covered them. See. God, so God is involved with the affairs of men, and believe you, nations need an intervention of God, and in our lives, my God, our lives need an intervention of God. He must be lifted up. He must be looked to. He must be declared holy in our lives. We he must be declared the only source. Our incoming and our outgoing, our first and our last, and our present help in the time of trouble. So Nebuchadnezzar was kind of lifted up here and in in and, and the Bible what kind he was. And the Bible says he built an image of gold in in uh, Daniel chapter 3 verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth of there was six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. In the province of Babylon. So, so the image was uh, around 12 and a half feet by 125 feet. Feet, pretty good size image, very noticeable. Knowing that uh, the king had a purpose for building this. Now you remember that Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar. He said, "He said you are the head of gold." Now this went to his head, so to speak, and he became elevated and he became exalted. And uh, you know, they history declares he was one of the most cruel tyrants that, that ever ruled over a problem. But yet God dealt with this man and used this man and even intervened in his life. Hmm. How God will show himself to people. And I guess the bottom line is when he does, do we accept or do we reject? Hebrews 1 says that at sundry times that God spoke through the prophets and through other ways, but now he speaks through his son, jesus christ there again we lift him up today the author and Finisher of our faith looking unto him today the source of our salvation for no man comes unto the father except it be through the lord and savior jesus christ so we see this this idol habakkuk 219 says woe unto them that say up to the wood Awake to the dumb stone, arises, shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. That word breath there is is ruach, which means spirit. And God leaned over Adam and blew the breath of life into Adam. So the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who penned this entire book, says that in idols, in men's images, in what men builds, there is no breath. There is no spirit. But yet people today wake up every day and their entire being is founded upon that which has no breath, which has no substance, that which by all means the Bible declares is temporal, putting their faith in that which certainly Will not verse two. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasures the counselors, the sheriffs, all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Verse three. Then princes and governors and captains and judges and treasurers, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, all the rulers of the province gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood before it. Now, we know there's an ultimatum that was about to be given. This thing certainly probably was intimidating. This thing that Nebuchadnezzar had had built uh, possibly be the, the, the image of this, of the image that was showed to him in, in, in chapter 2. And, of course, himself being the head of gold. Like I said, this man was very prideful, very mean, a tyrant. The word ne- the word Nebuchadnezzar means crack ceramic or <laughs> crack pot okay the and then verse 4 a herald cried as back in the olden days uh, the colonial days hear ye hear ye back in England hear ye you know what what the king has to say, what what's going on a herald to preach the gospels, to be a herald to to uh, give a proclamation, to go forth and to give a a a, 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 a dictate from a higher power. Uh, then a herald cried aloud to you, "It is commanded, O people, nations, and language." Now there was a hodgepodge here of nations. Of course, there was there, there was a lot of Jews there, a lot of Hebrews because we know that Nebuchadnezzar had went in and leveled jerusalem and 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 took the prize out of you, the, the the young, bright, intelligent men that uh that they might be taught under the the lids of the chaldeans but uh but but we know that uh that that Babylon didn't have a whole lot of effect on Daniel and Shadrach Meshach and Abednego. We know that from the beginning that Daniel said we're not going to eat the king's meat that though they were in a foreign land, they had made up their mind that this. This this captivity was not going to drag them and separate them from the God that they knew. Paul said, I'm persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. So we see these these young men whose eyes were totally upon God Almighty, who, who trusted him with their very lives, as we're going to find out, who would not bow their knee to a foreign God. So... Many nations and languages stood before this this great image and a choice was going to have to be made. There's an image today men are not building great idols, per se, out in, the, in, the, in town squares, but behind the scenes, make no, make no mistake about that same spirit of Babylon's in the world today, that we in this modern day, in 2018, we make choices. Choose you this day, Joshua said, whom you're going to serve. For it's me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He said in verse 5, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, the dulcimer like a bagpipe, and all, all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king have set up. So we have his his gathering, his local band here, and and, uh, they they were going to play music, and people had to bow down. And in essence, what they were doing when they bowed to this golden image, of course they were bowing to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, we find before his intervention from God when he literally lost his mind, he was a very... I'm gonna say it again. Very proud man. He said, "He said I've made all this. I, 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 I." <laughs> so we see this ultimatum, and then and 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 then he gives a consequence here of uh, what happens if they don't. If they don't. So in verse four we have this king with authority now. Don't make no mistake about it. At that particular time, he was the greatest king in the world. People paid attention to what he did. But, but we see in Daniel chapter 2, and we'll see on through the book of Daniel, that come a time when he was no longer the most powerful. That men's rule and reign are, are seasonal and tempered and, and uh, are controlled by God. Daniel said, for God... For God raises up kingdoms and brings kingdoms down. For God raises up kings and, and brings kings down. For God raises up nations and brings nations down. And that, that, that ascent and descent is, 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 uh, uh, it w- it will depend on, on uh, how the nations treat God, perceive God. If they cast him out of their society, then we see a fall. We see the Roman Empire. We see even America today who, who uh, uh, certainly there's more paganism in this country than there's ever been. Now, Isaiah 1-9 says, and not been for a remnant. We would all been as Sodom and we all been as Gomorrah. So we make choices. And we're going to find out these three Hebrew boys make a choice. And therefore, at the time, verse 7, at the time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, palsry, all the kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and languages, we see this hospod of people, this melting pot, fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, there's his name again after the image, had set up had set up his, uh, this represented a system, represented a system, a worldly system, okay, a world order, so to speak. Verse 8, wherefore at the time certain Chaldeans, and I might add these were jealous Chaldeans, And I'm going to tell you why they was jealous, because even in a foreign land, God had elevated Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to high places. Daniel was known as a prophet, but also known as a statesman. God had given him much wisdom, the power to interpret dreams. Joseph was given the same thing, see? in, In Egypt, how God gave discernment where the sons of Ishakar discerned the times and knew what to do for Israel, how we need the knowledge that flows from God. So the knowledge that's above man's knowledge, man's um, figures, so to speak, man's ways, fortune-telling of men and the future foretold by flesh. See, God holds the future in him. All things exist and are. So we see these Chaldeans coming to accuse God's people, see, foreign land. This was a pagan land. Because everybody bowed down, for what I can see, except for these three. So they accuse. Now that word, they're accused, means to try to devour, to chew up. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12 says, and the one that accused them, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and loved not their lives to the death. See? It's going against the current. It's swimming upstream. It's going against uh, popular opinion. It's either to be. It, it's easy to be mingled in. With the world, but to stand up in this modern day, in this modern age for Jesus Christ, uh, you're probably going to be persecuted because Jesus said that you would be. He says, They hate me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, and they're going to persecute you. In this world, he said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So they said these these guys aren't bowing. I mean, I mean their their legs didn't even look like they was going to bow. So he was settled. The Bible tells us we need not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. they are there today; they're blowing everywhere in and out of the church in and out of religious circles. How many religions are there? Dear Lord, many, 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 many belief systems, even in the church, many belief systems. A lot of it based on man's legalistic dreams and ideas and man's way and men trying to earn their salvation when it only comes through grace and through faith and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't save yourself. The only thing you do is accept Jesus Christ into your heart into to your life. And him is the salvation of men. <clears throat> then they spake, said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, <clears throat> live forever. Verse 10. Thou, O king, has made a decree. They reminded him of his decree, that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falls not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Always fire. Always fire involved with persecution. Peter said, Beware of the fiery darts of the enemy. Now make no mistake about it. Satan was behind all this. Nebuchadnezzar was led primarily, most of the time, by Satan. But, 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 conjecture. I, I personally believe. I personally believe in it. Not in the Bible, and I don't know this, so it's my opinion. So don't you know? Don't go say he said this. But, but, I think when we get to heaven, we're we'll going to see Nebuchadnezzar because God dealt with that man. God dealt with that man. Okay. Verse um, twelve. There are certain Jews. <laughs> there again. And here we have a jealous spirit. What's the Bible say about jealousy? It's cruel to grave. God had elevated these men. There are certain Jews whom thou has set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. Shadrach, Aniah, Meshach, Mishael, and Abednego, Azariah. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. Listen, they serve not thy gods. And you know, in all actuality, this shouldn't surprise Nebuchadnezzar. Neither do they worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Was it a lie? No. No. So these men, the motivation here wasn't so much about the golden image. They just bowed down to it. They probably could care less. It was a way to get rid, and we'll see when Daniel got thrown the lions down, a way to get rid of God's people and God's influence on a pagan nation, to take them out. You know, nothing would have satisfied them more than to see these three young men die in a fiery furnace. But let's remember, God's in charge. And the Bible says in verse 13, And Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, I would say that Nebuchadnezzar probably had a liking of, of these young men. Well, you know, the, these guys stood out. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they they, they stood out. These were these were God's children in in the land of paganism, and uh, they were different. They were different. You know these. You know things going on around in the kingdom didn't rattle them. You know their eyes were fixed and, and 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 fashioned on their God. You know, they was given a decree that Daniel couldn't pray, and the Bible says he threw open the door three times and prayed anyhow. Here we have in verse 15. Now, if ye be ready, that ye, what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sacrament, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all the kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. But, well, if ye, but if ye worship not, ye should be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace, and who and listen? Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Boy, there's an arrogance there. Who is God? I've got this thing. There's nobody above me. You know, Pharaoh had that problem. He said, I'm raw. I'm God. The Caesars. They want to call themselves God. Caesar worship. Men trying to become gods. Now, that was... was, uh, predicated back in the book of Genesis when the saint has said, you can be as God, you can be be a God, and, and, and forever and ever until, until Jesus comes back and the whole thing is settled, men will seek to have power to be God over other men, tyrants. History repeats itself. Men don't change. Men don't change unless they, come, unless they come into the presence of Jesus Christ. The only change that takes place is when a man, and when I say man, I mean mankind, comes and has a relationship, has an intervention in their lives through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who's going to deliver you out of my hands? Threatening. Now, did these men have fear? I, I, I mean, I'm saying they're human, and I'm saying probably I'm they're thinking, man, this isn't gonna be good. I mean, this guy's gonna throw us in a furnace. And he's done made a proclamation to intimidate us and tell us that your God will not deliver you. How many times the devil told you that? How many times he told us that 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 this is it? This is when you're, this, is, this is something you're not going to make it out of. This is something that, that uh, is finally going to be your destruction. How many can say that God is faithful and has delivered us out of all things through many dangers, tools, and snares that have already come? The song says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of all of them. So I can imagine the people around about they're kind of sneering at, at these three young men. Yeah, you, you're, you're about to get yours. You're about to lose your position. You're going to give it all up because of this. God, you can't see. You've got this sign right before you that you can see. All you've got to do to save your life is bow down to it. Hmm. Okay? 16. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king of Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, we going to give a ready answer. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Lean not upon the arm of flesh. The Bible declares, trust not in flesh and blood. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God do the pulling down of strongholds. So Solomon wrote that the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. James 4.4 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteress, know ye not that the friendship of the world is an enemy with God? Brings animosity. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Scripture. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world, this system, this age, this time, is an enemy of God you can't serve two masters you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom you can't you can't eat and drink from the from the table of demons and the table of God at the same time how long will you be halted the bible declares between two opinions as joshua said i'll repeat choose you this day whom you will serve second corinthians 6:17 says wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, for I will receive you. How does he receive us? When we come out from among them, and be separate. When we separate ourselves from the unclean thing. They, uh, I'm going to make a statement. It's not it. I'm sure, but there's just way too much world in the church. The old-time preachers, I see, he's the, you know, the... <laughs> The church has become worldly and the world become churchy. We, for some reason, we think we can include the two. That we can bring the best of quote-unquote of both worlds. Mm-mm. According to Scripture, not going to work. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. You can't love both God and mammon at the same time. We see the example of these Hebrew boys who loved God. And we see see that they were perfectly willing to give their lives for him. That their faith was totally in him. If they went down, then they went down believing. If they died, then they died believing. What did Job say? I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that the resurrection, that I will be lifted up and brought out of the grave. So we make a choice. Revelation 12. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Thou hast come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Is that, how did they end up where they're at? If the people would have shut their mouths, nobody said nothing. If they hadn't been brought before the king, nothing would have happened. But you see this spirit, see this spirit of accusing, this slanderous spirit. And the spirit, of course, was motivated by the powers of darkness. And But verse 11, and they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. A lot of people stopped there. But it says, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That's quite a statement. And that sometimes is hard to wrap our minds around because nobody wants to die. But we see this example of faith of these three Hebrew boys. So they said, "We're not careful to answer in this matter." First Peter three fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, they were of another spirit, like Joshua and Caleb, was of another spirit. <laughs> they were not of the dead, dry paganistic image-building system that Nebuchadnezzar had implemented, that dead statue that did nothing. I just read you that there's no breath in these things. There's no spirit in these things. There's no power to deliver. We See, when the Ark of the Covenant come before the Philistine god Dagon, that Dagon didn't fare well when the Ark was around him. Lost his toes and everything. He was dismembered. See, nothing can stand before God. So our faith isn't something we can't see. We call those things and not as though they were. We believe the word of God. We believe that there's a substance in this word. So the just must walk by faith even. Now listen. Even in the face of death, God's still God. God even intervenes in death of the saint. You hear me? Paul said, O oh death, where is thy sting? O oh grave, where is thy victory? We see an intervention that those that give their lives to Jesus Christ, that death will not overcome them. Now, yes, our physical body is going to die. But the Bible says we're going to get it back at the resurrection. Of course, there are those that don't believe in the resurrection, just like in olden times, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Man, how crazy is that? When our Lord was resurrected, and so as he is are we in the earth. Okay. Luke Luke twelve eleven. And when they bring you unto synagogues and unto magistrates and powers. Take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say. Matthew ten nineteen says, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, which shall be given you at the same hour what ye shall speak. Now, I believe that the verse here we're going to read that the Holy Ghost unctioned these three boys. And it said in verse 17, if it be so our God whom we serve, Is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Man, can you imagine how Nebuchadnezzar's blood pressure went sky high? He was so angry. Then he went on to say in verse 18, but if not, (laughs) wow, this is faith. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image, but thou which thou hast set up. Now but here we see a total trust, a total commitment unto God. That, that Paul said that which I have committed unto him, he's able to keep against that day. It was Jude, I believe who said, contend for the faith that once given unto the saints. What faith? What an example of faith. In the same God do we serve today, under a different covenant. We live under the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls it the everlasting covenant. No longer do we kill our farm animals. No longer because Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin. That through the blood of Jesus Christ we might be cleansed and sanctified and saved from our sins. We're not going to do it. Our trust is in you. Then we see a change in this. In this, and like, you know, like I said, he was to a degree. I think Nebuchadnezzar was fond of these three. These three boys. Listen, these guys were smart. They were smarter than the chaldeans or the soothsayers in, in his own land. They, you know. he They could be counted on. They were statesmen. Verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He got mad. His countenance changed, the Bible says. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, he was fit to be tied. He was mad. And from that vantage point, he had all power. He had the power to declare whether they live whether they die. But Pilate stood before Jesus and said I control whether you live or whether you die. And Jesus says I control. Because if I lay my life down, will I pick it back up again? See, we we live under resurrection power. I believe that when Stephen the first martyr, I believe, that when the stones began to hit, the Bible says he stood up and he said, I see Jesus standing. Now the Bible says he went there and sit down, but he was standing by the Father's right hand, recognition, bidding Stephen to come home. I, You know, I personally believe that, oh, I'm sure he felt the stones, but but, but the grace of God, I believe it, he was become numb to it. God just took him away. Hmm. This is the God that we serve who in our greatest trial, our greatest test, our greatest sorrow, our greatest pain, will always intervene in our lives. I've heard people pray, "Oh, for your God, where are you in this situation? But I've known, but I know that I know from experience that he always shows up and always intervenes in the life of a saint if you put your total trust in him today. Not in a man, not in a church, not in an organization, not in a denomination, not in a preacher, not in a teacher, not in a prophet, not in an apostle, or an evangelist. But put your faith in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is the author, the authority, and the finisher of our faith. Nebuchadnezzar was mad. His countenance was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it than it was wont to be heated. In other words, they pushed the specs on it, the limitations. They got out the little brochure they got with us, and they said, Well, this thing is not supposed to be this hot. Then he said, I don't care. Heat it up. If it blows up, so be it. Seven times hotter. And he commanded, verse 20, And he commanded the most mighty men or the strongest men that they were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the fiery furnace. A key word there is bind. No chance of getting loosened. Verse 21, and then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fire. They went into the fire. <laughs> hey, I believe God's going to keep us out of it. Well, sometimes you got to go in. And sometimes it's going to be seven times hotter. I've, I've heard people say it. I've said it myself. How much more can we possibly stand? What does fire do? Steel is not dug out of the ground it comes for raw materials, and then what, what happens? It, gets, it becomes heated and temperate, hard, formed and fashioned, and it takes heat to do that. When our feet are put to the fire, when we trust him for our next step, When everything we do seems to be pushing against us, when the pressures of this life seem to be pushing us back, then we step forward in Jesus Christ. Because he says, if I before you, who can possibly be against you? Verse 22, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent. Man, he was mad. Do it now. And the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men That took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They opened the furnace and the backdraft wiped them out. Didn't hurt these guys. (laughs) I mean, before they went in the fire, they were hit with the fire. Were they afraid? I would say probably, yeah. I mean, were they human? But their faith overcame their fear. (laughs) Perfect love. Wow. Perfect love cast out all fear. For not the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And these three men, verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 24, the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors. now apparently he was watching this thing from afar off, and Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. And they answered and said, lo, I see four. Men, listen, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. Wow. The form of the fourth is like the son of man. Once again, God reveals himself to this pagan king. The Son of God. Who's the Son of God? The second person of the Trinity. God God the Son. So God's worked a miracle because of the faith. Intervention. We see in Genesis intervention. We see, we see in the Exodus intervention several times. Even the Willow, we see many interventions. The woman with the issue of blood, God intervened. Blind Bartimaeus, God intervened. The man that was blind, God intervened. The man laying by the pool of Bethesda, God intervened. The woman at the well had no idea when she went to get water that day that her life was going to be changed forever. The Samaritan woman, Jesus Christ intervened. Jesus said, I must go by the way of Samaria because today this woman, this she wasn't perfect, we know that. Jesus told her that. Jesus told her about her life. But she Had an intervention that day. Went away there, changed. Walked there, I'm sure, under the guilt of everything she'd done, every situation, every circumstance, tossed to and fro by this world and situations. But that day, she met Jesus Christ. And she was a Samaritan who the Jews had nothing to do with. And he's still intervening in lives today. What did Job say? I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. He said, I see four loosed walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the furnace of the burning fire furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Mm, something changed. They yeah, had intervention. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, the captains, the kings, the counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head sins, neither were their coats changed, or the smell of fire or smoke had passed on them. You think maybe God showed up? Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God. <laughs> he does this a lot. Bless, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have set his angel and delivered his servants that trusted him. And have changed, listen, have changed the king's word. Listen to this. Reversed through an intervention the king's proclamation. Now, in that time in that age that era of the world, the king's word meant everything. It was obeyed. There wasn't any uh, appeals. The only one that could change the king's word was the king. Nobody could go and change it. It was it was it was written. It was uh, in those days they had what they called signet rings. They seal their scrolls with. It was this the signet, the proclamation of the king, and no one could change it. But God changed the king's word. That was against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Didn't look good, but things changed because of faith that they had in God, and He made a decree, a declaration, a proclamation, verse 29 (laughs) that every people all of a sudden the focus was off this idol because of faith because of these three preachers who only thing they said was we're not going to bow they never said we'll take a text here and preach a message no they said we're not going to bow to your idol we're not going to bow to this image, we can't Oh, that God would put steel on our backbone in this day and this age. God help us. That every people, nation, and language would speak anything amidst against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now listen, this guy, he went from one extreme to the other. We cut into pieces. (laughs) What happened to the... I mean, it's not sad, but what happened to the the old idol. Well, like old Dagon, he's probably crumbled. Probably put off a storage somewhere. Probably cobwebs and moths eating it. And why? Because because God showed these people he's God. Not this image. Not something without breath, without spirit. For God is a spirit, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sword once again, God showed this king, oh boy, you're not in charge Mm-mm. he bellowed and got mad and thought he had everything in control, and this is my image, and I'll control I'll control these people, and they're going to bow down to it, but nah, it didn't happen then the king <laughs> the king promoted I said the king promoted. That word there means to prosper. Prospered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So once again, out of what seemed to be sure death, promotion. Now, we should be looking for promotion. But he says, humble yourself before God. Recognize me in due time you'll be exalted. That's what the Bible says. So they withstood the test. They said, "We're well, not about it, your God. We might die in this thing, and God's able to deliver us. But if He don't, then so be it. God's intervention, and you can read interventions all through the Bible: Gideon, John, Peter, Paul. Look at that intervention there. Look at that intervention." how that through the intervention of the Spirit of God and Jesus Christ revealing this, himself to, a, to this man who was named Saul at that time on the road to Damascus, intervened in his life, and he was changed. People's lives are changed because of one encounter or an intervention with an almighty God. He's no respect of persons. If you're looking for an intervention, you, if you're looking for God to change your life, just trust him. You don't know Jesus Christ and accept Him today. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God Almighty raised Him from the grave. I, I know I repeat this every broadcast, but listen—we've got to—we've got to look unto Him, one mediator between God and man, and that's the Man Christ Jesus. It's about this age and time, Jesus. It's always been about Him, but in the in the New Testament, He's revealed the revelation of Jesus Christ. That we need in our lives. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent and do your first works over. Make a conscious decision to turn. Denounce every evil that's in your life. Come out from everything. Make a conscious decision to separate yourself from things that are bringing and destroying you. Make a confession today. Confess with your mouth. He said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. A lot of people need God to move in their lives. People around me, all of us need an intervention, all of us. They only change. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Not these old deadwood, breathless idols and breathless things that people will worship and serve. Today's Super Bowl Sunday how many thousands of people will look to football. And I'm not saying the sport is wrong. But if it's your first love, you might have a problem. Okay. I know that goes against the grain, but God help us. You know, the Romans, one of their... Favorite pastime was sports. Of course, they were a little bit more radical about it. You know, Christians were their sport. They went to the lions in the Colosseum, and people, people love to see blood. God, deliver us today from that which is not pleasing in our in in our lives that which separates us, keeps us from being what we need to be. All on me if we need intervention. And I don't know, I think everybody needs God to intervene in our lives. And faith in him, faith in God can move the mighty mountains. Faith in God can calm the angry sea. Faith in God can make the desert like a fountain. Faith in God can bring you your victory. Faith in Jesus Christ. Trust him. Call on his name today. By his stripes were healed, chastised for our peace of mind, made away where there is no way. Changes people's lives every day. Testimony after testimony. How I once was, but now I am. The old boy said, "I once was blind, but now I see." Paul said, "I had grace in my life. Grace I was going in the wrong direction, but..." via an intervention of Jesus Christ, set me on the right road. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. and We ask you today to go forth. and, Lord, I'm going to ask you to intervene in the lives of your people. Lord, we need you. The song says we need you. We need you. Every day we need you. Pass us not, O gentle Savior. Lord, help us prepare ourselves, a vessel. Lord, you sanctify us through your blood, through what you did at the cross. Lord, I believe our sanctification is progressive. Paul said, I die daily. And Lord, you see every need. You see every situation. You see every broken heart. You see every broken home. You see every mother, son, and daughter who's went, went, Went astray, God. What I ask you to go forth and deliver from drugs and pornography and, and and all these things that bind people, bind the young people, God. Call them back unto you, Lord. You said if we raise a child in the way this should go, when it gets older, Lord, it might, it might have some problems, but Lord, you'll you'll bring them back. We're counting on you to bring the children back. Lord minister in your church let your spirit once again be prevalent in your house let the Holy Ghost once again rule and reign in the houses of God across this nation only you can spawn a revival Lord that changes lives changes from normal to abnormal from natural to supernatural only you can do these things God and help us to have the spirit of a Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo, Lord. No matter what's facing us, that we'll stand and, 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 and declare that Thou art God in the midst of everything, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every test. God, there's so much sickness, heartache, and pain as well. So many today are waking up this morning and looking through tears, tear stained eyes. and Their eyes are full of tears. I can't see for the tears. Lord, their hearts are broken. I ask you, Lord, that's who you're drawn to, Lord. You said the broken and the contrite is where you show up. Let us forever be broken and contrite before you. And let your anointing go forth. Destroy every yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. Lord, we claim today healing for the sick, for that chronic disease, for cancer, for sugar, diabetes, for stroke, for high blood pressure, for kidney disease. God, I ask you to heal and deliver. Touch the minds of those who are struggling today with oppression and depression, schizophrenia, Lord, bipolar, whatever it might be, God. We ask you to deliver your people those who call upon your name today teach us how to walk in the liberty that was provided across the cross 2000 years ago never let us use our liberty as an occasion to the flesh let's be sincere today we call on you and you said whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved in Jesus name today heal deliver and set free intervene today in people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. We love you till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up for Jesus is coming soon.